This week's Premium Pete Show is brought to you by Target. Target is partnering with HBCUs to support the next generation of black talent. One of the ways Target is teaming up with HBCUs is through Target's HBCU Design Challenge. Okay, let me put you on. It's where HBCU students submit designs to be included in Target's Black History Month collection. Now, let me tell you, winners also receive a cash prize, equipment, mentoring, and networking opportunities. This year's winners are from FAMU, Bowie State, and Hampton. Check back during Black History Month to see the latest winners' designs that will be featured in Target's 2022 Black History Month collection. Internet, celebrate your legacy. Invest in the future. And do me a favor. Visit Target.com forward slash Black Beyond Measure. One more time. Visit Target.com forward slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. Thank me later. Microphone check before we get to this week's episode. First off, internets, peace and blessings to you and yours. Okay? It's November in New York. It's cold. It's brisk. It's about to get brick. Pull out your jackets. Pull out your scarves, your gloves. Okay? And, you know, get ready for that. If you're in the Caribbean right now, listen to this, man. I envy you. But, uh... I'm going to be there soon because you got to let the sun kiss you every once in a while. You know, it, it really does something for your brain and resets it. Never not take a moment to recharge. I know people will think like, I got to do, I got to do, and I get it. But, you know, life's not promised and tomorrow could come and you may not be here. So make sure you, if you wanted to put your feet in them sand and, and you know, go do it, you know. Uh, obviously be responsible financially, et cetera, et cetera, but don't, you know, what I'm saying is go after it, okay? Go after it if you can do it. You know, I want to give a big, big shout out. A lot of people hit me. We put out an episode. Well, last week we put out the throwback episode. Then before that, we had the Many Saints of Newark review. We had Chris Shepard, legendary chef, man. Uh, James Baird Award winner, Steve Moderano. I mean, we had a lot of things, man. A lot of food, a lot of entrepreneurship, or you know, you never know who's going to be on a premium feature. I mean, for years I've been saying it, actors, athletes, entrepreneurs, etc. It's not about premium Pete. It's for the people. And that's why worldwide we're loved. Okay. Because we're going to put stuff out there to inspire the people. Again, you know, it's the premium Pete show, but it's not about only premium Pete. That would be stupid if that was the case. Now, I do want to say, check me out. I am on the latest Complex Sneakers podcast. It's on YouTube, and it's wherever you listen to podcasts for the audio version. And that's another one, man. I'm really proud of those guys and how far they come. And I really wanted to go there and just drop gems and, and give people their flowers in the industry that doesn't really get their flowers enough. Um, so check it out. Shouts to Joe LaPuma, Brendan Dunn, Matt Welty and the entire Complex uh, family and Complex Sneaker Podcast family. Um, we're done wrapping up the movie, Don Q. I can't believe that I have a role in a movie alongside Armando Sante uh, and a bunch of other amazing actors. It's been an honor. And a couple of people have asked me, and yes, I'm going to see what this road holds and, 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 and work on getting some more roles. Um, I would love to challenge myself as not only being an Italian Brooklyn or whatever, like and maybe get a role where I could be something different. And we'll see how that goes. Um, I look forward to it, and I will say this. You never, ever stop believing in you, and you never know what's possible. You know, even like this episode coming up with Mike Kurtz, the founder of Mike's Hot Honey, 
I mean, they're 10 years strong, national brand. They're in every single grocery store. They're in thousands of pizza stores. I mean, Mike's Hot Honey is official. Listen, I don't mess with anything. You'll never catch me on here saying some bullshit. The product is good, and the episode is good. And, you know, with Grillo's Pickles, Travis Grillo, you know, all these food episodes I do, they're really inspiring because if you think about it, you get an idea, and it could change your life, and it could change a lot of other people's lives. Internets, thank you again and continue to visit Pete'sPremiumPastaSauce.com. Again, that's Pete'sPremiumPastaSauce.com. We've been shipping, listen, we've been shipping jars worldwide. Saying that is is, is humbling. It's a 100-year-old family recipe, okay? Keto-friendly, gluten-free, GMO, vegan. It's a marinara. It's a pasta sauce. Eggplant, lasagna, chicken palm. What? Listen, whatever. It's going to step your, I promise you, it's going to step your plate up. And it's going to smell and taste incredible. Okay? If I'm lying, I'm dying. And I'm not dying. Internets, like I said, peace and blessings to you and yours. We got a couple bunch of episodes coming up that are dope. You know, I'm starting to get back to taping more and more. I appreciate all the support. It's not only about the podcast. It's everything. It's everything. So I really appreciate those who have been supporting me all these years. If you're new to the show, welcome. Reach out to me, you know, and always let me know where you're listening from. Check in at Premium P, at Premium Pete Show, Twitter and Instagram. Check the fuck in. Anyway, I don't really need to say any more. This is a special episode. And I, I'll give you a, a little briefing of what you're about to get. Listen, okay? The founder and owner of Mike's Hot Honey, Mike Kurtz, okay? He talks about his epiphany of spiced honey on pizza while randomly going to a pizza place in Brazil, perfecting the honey as a hobby. Taking an apprenticeship at Paulie G's, the pizza spot in Brooklyn, and by chance introducing his honey to the pizza spot and how it changed his life. The difficulty of scaling up, shaking up the honey industry, and so much more. Internets, I present to you this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show with Mike Kurtz, founder of the amazing Mike's Hot Honey, available nationwide in grocery stores all over. Let's get to it. Cheer. Internet, you're listening to the Premium Pizza. Yeah, to my dad. Enjoy. Internet, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pizza Show. Sitting down finally. Okay, it's been a long time coming. Whenever I have food episodes, and when I say food episodes, I'm talking about people that created something that will live longer than them. I'm talking about people who created something that sits on a supermarket grocery shelf. Like... You know how many people, for people who've been rocking out with the Premium Pete Show for years, the Travis Grillo, Grillo's Pickle episode, a favorite of many. The Sir Kensington, Scott Norton, who they sold for 12 times the amount, $144 million to Unilever. People love that. Mikey Likes It episode. The Michael Astoria uh, um, and Pizza episode. I don't know if you heard the Eugene Rem, uh, who owns Catch. Um, Anyway, internets, I love when I have entrepreneurs uh, food, what's that, what's that make-believe, uh, not an entrepreneur, they call it like foodpreneur, you ever heard of this? Like a, Foodpreneurs? Yeah, 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 you heard this uh, I haven't line? heard that one. Yeah, I heard somebody say it before. Anyway, the creator and the founder of Mike's Hot Honey, the one and only Mike Kurtz, welcome to the Premium Pete Show. Pleasure to be here, Pete. Listen, Mike, let me start showing people who are watching the video, okay? Mike's Hot Honey. If you don't know about it, I want you to understand, go out and get it. 
First of all, when we talk about this is the extra hot one. I love the extra hot one. And this is just a classic one that's been around for so many years. When we think about Mike's Hot Honey, okay, for people who know it, they love it. They put it on pizza. They put it on chicken. What are some other things that people put this on? So pizza and chicken are definitely the top two. After that, uh, cheese and charcuterie. Really? See a lot of that. Um, see a lot of cocktails mm-hmm. mixed into the cocktails. Mm-hmm. Drizzled on ice cream. Yep. I I, I, I mean, I've seen that. Yeah. Trust. Yeah. Just try it. Okay. Vanilla ice cream, butter pecan. Because most people never tasted heat with their ice cream before. A very unique flavor. You know, hot sauce is a billion dollar company. And what makes you... Now, I know... I, I heard the story. I mean, I want the internets to hear the story. But when, when you think about hot sauce and then you, you say, okay, I'm going to make a honey chili, like, you know, chi- use some nice chili peppers and, and get this thing tasteable. I don't even know if that's a word. How long did it take you to make this thing tasteable? And where where were you doing this? Out of your like house? Like is this like this straight out of the mud, so to speak? It is. I mean, so it was a hobby for about seven years before I actually started selling it. So it was seven years of dialing it in and just making it for my own personal use for friends and family until it really became a, a business. But uh if you want me to take it all the way back. Well, let's go. Uh, we can we can go there. So, uh, Vietnam War. My dad gets drafted to fight in the war, and he uh, was opposed to the war and discovered that he could fulfill his civil service by joining the Peace Corps. So he joined the Peace Corps and was randomly selected to go to Brazil in 1964. So he was stationed in Brazil, um, working in a, a health outpost in Brazil, give, actually giving people vaccines. So uh, he's there for several years, comes back to the States, um, and later brings a group of college students on like a six-week summer trip to Brazil. My mom was one of the college students on that trip. They met in Brazil, fell in love, came back to the States. Um, They were in Philly together, um, later moved up to uh, Massachusetts, which is where I grew up. But um, I was in college. And I always had this connection to Brazil because that's where my parents met and my dad speaks Portuguese. And uh, so I studied Portuguese in college. My junior year, I did a study abroad in Bahia in northeastern Brazil. So I was down there. And on a weekend, I took a trip to a national park that's in the interior of the state of Bahia. And I was with a handful of friends and we were hiking in this park for like four or five days. And every night, just eating rice and beans over the fire, uh, camping out. The last day of this this hike, we descended into this valley. And uh, the valley is really isolated. It's, there's one dirt road that goes in and out. But um, there, it, most of the people there are either folks who live there or folks who are hiking in, um, touring the park. So we get there, and we're starving because we've been you know, been on the trail for five days and we see a sign for a pizzeria, and we're like, "Holy shit! There's a, there's a pizzeria!" And this, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is random. We're hungry, so we get there, uh, sit down, order some pies, and uh, they had jars of honey with whole chili peppers sitting in them on all the tables. 
And like, what did, is this? Did it stick out to you? Like, did it make it like? So it just looked like it was like a like a salt and pepper shaker. Like it was on the table as like a condiment. Yeah, it was just like a glass jar with like a whole chili peppers sitting in it. So I saw it. We got our pizza. I drizzled some on the pizza, tasted it. You know, took a bite, and it was one of these aha moments where the memory of that first bite stayed with me. I couldn't shake it. You know, so, like your first hit. Yeah, so I uh, I got back to the states a year later, and I was like, I really I love making pizza. I love eating pizza. I love spicy foods. I'm gonna I'm gonna start making this stuff for myself because it doesn't exist here. And at that point, it wasn't like I didn't have an idea that it was gonna be a business. I just wanted to eat it. But at at that time, you had an idea that it was gonna be a hot honey. Like, did you get at least that? idea down i mean it so, was it was chili peppers and honey but it wasn't a product that really was like a you, you know what i mean like yeah i i started experimenting with different honey chili pepper infusions so different techniques for infusing the heat of, of chili peppers into the honey different varietals of chili peppers different types of honey until i landed on the recipe that we use today and I always called it Mike's Hot Honey. That was the name from the very beginning. Before it was like a packaged food product. That's just what I called it. And uh, now, now, did you ever want to put a different name? Because I, first of all, I love it. I love the fact. That, and it's, it's funny that, uh, because that's even a reason why I name it Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce. Because I was like, yo, they got Rayos, they got Mike's, they got Tom's, they got Tony's on all different things, all different. Uh, 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 food products. I was like, why can't they just be another pizza? When I think of Mike's Hot Honey, it's funny because I'm like, yo, that's just so simple, but it's perfect, right? It's like Mike's Hot Honey. Um, you have this name. You're you're experimenting. You're, now, what are people around you saying? Even for example, you're out in Brazil, right? You're a Brooklyn kid. Grew up in Brooklyn, right? You know, no, I grew up in Massachusetts. Okay, grew up in Massachusetts, yeah. but then you later moved on to Brooklyn. Yeah, but you think about it, your parents. I, you know, this is this is the the crazy thing to understand. Your parents, you're in Brazil in college, but then all of a sudden you're out and you're going to start doing honey. To them, was was that a little weird? Like, meaning like they expected you to be a doctor or a lawyer? Or... Well, I mean, I didn't go into the honey business right away. It was, uh, so I, I came back to the States. I was working on the recipe in my, my college apartment. And uh, I moved to New York the summer of 2005. And actually, yeah, so I, in Brazil, just to take it back a little bit, sure. I was, uh, I wrote my thesis on the development of hip hop music in Brazil. Really? So I was studying uh, ethnomusicology and studying the history of music in Brazil. And I got out of college and got a job at a record label in New York. Um, I actually got a call the day of my college graduation that I had gotten the job. So the office was on, uh, Lafayette, like a block south of Astor Place. Oh, nice, nice. And um, worked for a record label called Putumayo World Music, where mm. we used to do compilations of music from different countries. And my first job there was in record sales. So it was actually in the alternative record retail division, which meant we were selling CDs. This is back when people are still buying CDs. So this is before you know Tower Records closed and before the Virgin Megastores all closed. We were selling CDs in my division to non-traditional retailers. So it was basically anywhere we could sell them outside of traditional record stores. We were selling them to Whole Foods. We were selling them to 
random cafes that had little like retail sections. And um, my territory was the Mid-Atlantic. So I had DC and Atlanta and the Carolinas. And I just go down there every six weeks and just try to sell CDs. And um, that was my first job in New York working for this record label. I think I think I made like $27,000 a year. I, th- I thought I was rich. Sure. You know, like- You're living the life. Yeah. So I uh, I was working there and I actually had like a bottle of the honey in the in the break room there. And it wasn't branded or anything at that point, but it was always called Mike's Out Honey. So my colleagues at the record label knew about it. Um, but I I was in the music business. So like it wasn't, this wasn't a business for me. Sure, it was a side. It was a side job. Now, when when you say it wasn't a business for you to twenty ten, why why did it become a business for you in twenty ten? Did did you did not did you figure like you know what now I'm gonna take the time to really put into this thing? Like what what brought you to to that? You know. So I, yeah, I worked in the record business. I I did record sales. I got into A and R. I eventually got into music licensing. Um, for television and film. And then my last job uh, in the music business, I was working for a booking agency as a, as an agent assistant. So I was basically like Lloyd from, from uh, Entourage. Classic. Yeah. Um, and like Lloyd, I mean, I got, you know, I didn't, I didn't love the, I didn't love the atmosphere. Um, I, I didn't like the, that world. And um, at the time, I was experimenting with pizza a lot. I was making a lot of pizza at home in my apartment. I had flour all over the place. Um, and 2010, summer 2010, I went to Paulie G's up the street from yep, here yep. In, in Greenpoint. And um, Paulie was just opening his restaurant. And he'd been open for a couple months at that point. And I met him and came by the table and we started chatting about his dough recipe and his oven and he could tell I was obsessed with pizza and at the end of the meal he said you know if you want to become a pizza apprentice here come on in and and you can you know practice stretching dough and practice working the oven and once your chops are up we'll put you on a dinner shift so I started going in after my day job learning how to make pizzas and um, you know once I was fast enough I started working dinner shifts there and I loved it the the oven it's a big neapolitan wood burning oven built in naples shipped over on our container ship um and they call it the pizza theater there because it's open to the floor of the restaurant so you're you're out there stretching dough making pizzas you can see everybody uh in the on the floor of the restaurant they can see you and it's kind of like a show so i i just love that and i hated my day job in 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 the uh music business so um one day i brought in a bottle of my honey for Polly to try he drizzled it on a hot supersada pie, and did you have to convince him to do that, or he, or or he just ran with? You told him about this product, and then he ran with, you know, what to put it on and try it. Or did you have to play it out for him? Like, look, I brought this for you. You got to put it on something and check it out. Did you make those suggestions, or he just took it and tried it how he wanted? Well, I told him I was like, look, next time I come in, I'm going to bring you my condiment. And he said, what? And I said, I have a pizza condiment. He said, what are you talking about? I was like, you'll see. So I brought it in and he tasted it. And he's like, I, you know, I don't like, I don't like spicy foods. Yeah. But it worked for him on the pizza. And it was actually his idea to put it on the hot super sada pie. So this is, this is a pizza from um, Pauly G's. It's got um, Sala Maria Bellese's mm. uh, hot super sada on it. And they're, they're, they've been around for over 100 yeah, years. Yeah. 
Um, so the, the supersada was incredible, but it was the combination of the saltiness, the savory notes of the supersada, and the sweet heat of the honey that was just magical. So we started drizzling it on the pizzas there. And I could see, because I'm working the oven and stretching dough, I could see people's reaction to the honey and eating it on the pizza. And they were all having the same experience that I had the first time I tried it in Brazil. Mm. So I knew I had something at that point because I was I was bearing witness to this the whole time. And what what, what was uh, Poli G saying? Was he like so he agreed to put it on a pie that was being sold to customers? So now customers are are, are eating this, and did they start like saying like what the hell is this? Or this is amazing. And what was his response to that? Because keep in mind, at the end of the day, now you're just a kid that's learning how to fucking make pizza to him, right? I mean, right. he probably saw some talent in you. Like, all right, this kid's uh, dedicated, knowledgeable, um, and, and and seems like to love his job, right? I mean, when I first started working there, I was making pizzas with Paulie's son, Derek, and Paulie. Paulie was still working the actual like pizza station at that point. Um, he's the type of guy who likes to schmooze, and his whole motto is schmooze or you lose. And so he would go out on the floor of the restaurant, start talking to people, and uh, we'd, we'd be down a man because he'd be out talking to customers. We couldn't keep up with the order. So finally we figured out, like, he just needs to stay on the floor of the restaurant at all times and not make pizzas anymore. So that transition happened. Um, he actually told me he had one older customer who didn't realize that it was spicy hot. She thought it was, like, temperature hot, honey. So... He told me, you need to consider changing the name to Mike Spicy Honey. I said, what? That's not the name. I was like, I know this is new to you, but I've been making this for, at that point, I've been making it seven years, and it's always been called Mike's Hot Honey, and that's, you know, that's what it is. And so, and, and and did he just, you know, agree with that? Uh? I mean, he pushed back a little bit, but once he understood that that had always been the name, I think he, he accepted it. And thank God, because can you imagine if I had gone down that, Mike Spicy Honey, come on. Yeah, it's yeah. not the same. Yeah, Mike's Mike, Mike's hot honey uh, sounds so much better. So, so let me ask you: Poli G uh, literally has been like this mentor to you, right? Like you think about it, right? He's been a mentor. Is, 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 am I am I correct yeah. by saying that? Yeah. So, I, what was really powerful for me was, um, you know, Paulie quit his day job at age fifty-seven to open up a pizzeria with zero restaurant experience, zero like actual pizza industry experience. He was a computer IT guy. Mm. Um, and I witnessed him taking the plunge and just going for it and pursuing his dreams. And that was very powerful to witness that, you know, up close and personal, see him have, have success. And that sort of destroyed this facade that I had in my mind. Like, you know, at that time I was like, well, I put all this time into the music business and I was trying to build my career there. And I'd invested all these years building my network in the industry. And I thought, you know, it's probably too late for me to switch gears. And I saw him at age 57 do it. And I was like, well, it's definitely not too late for me at that point. So like bearing witness to that was very powerful. And that gave me the confidence to to really like jump in. You know, it's important to, to gain that type of confidence, but you have to be honest, you're working as a, a pizza apprentice in a, in, in a pizza shop. Now you do have a product you're showing them, but at the end of the at the end of the day, to think that you could be a national brand and you could be doing this for real, like I don't know if that like 
that's 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 a tough task. You know what I mean? Like it's like almost like I always say this about certain food brands. Like it's like it it it, it takes so much that people don't even understand of like, you know, like <laughs> the overthinking, right? The 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 learning, the understanding, um, you know, and at the end of the day too, like I said, I said Pizza Apprentice because it's kind of like, not that Pulley G didn't think of this, but I mean, and and we'll bounce around, but what does he think now that you're in, I mean, how many stores are you in? I mean, we're in thousands of stores all yeah. over the country yeah, and, and thousands of restaurants. I mean, as a Pizza Apprentice stretching fucking pizza, at Pauly G's with a little, I don't even know how you came in with your honey, you, you know, that you were, you it was know. in a little unbranded squeeze bottle. I mean, did you, did you foresee that any of this could be possible back then? At that time, no. But I think what was clear is that people love the product. And, and, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are, are trying to sell a product and they've got something that they're they're really pushing and sometimes they're blinded to the like what the public thinks of their product and having the restaurant as a testing ground was very important for me because I was able to plant the seeds put it sure. out there and I knew I could see the reaction sure, I get so feedback. I already yep. knew that it was going to be something just based on people's reactions to it. And I didn't know how far, I mean, of course, I could have never imagined it was going to come this far, but like, I definitely knew that there was something just in, regardless of what the branding ended up looking like, I knew that what was in the bottle, you know, was a powerful thing. Sure. And it was different, right? You know, I think about the first time I tried Mike's Hot Honey, shouts to John Seymour at Su- and, 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 and Kyle. Um, I remember trying that at Sweet Chick. And it, it actually on the menu, it said like a dollar extra for Mike Hot Honey. And Mike's Hot Honey. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? A dollar extra. So I remember a friend of mine, Isaiah, trying it. I'm like, yo, this shit's pretty good. And and then I it, it, it forced me to try it. And it was something so different. It was like one of those things where I'm like, fuck, I didn't even know I needed this in my life. But uh, I'm glad it's here. And now I think about how many years going on. 11 years that this, that this Mike's Hot Honey, it's in... Every grocery store, national brand, correct? Right. Yep. In the and, honey aisle. In the honey aisle, which is which is which is which is honestly, wouldn't you say honey is kind of boring until Mike's Hot Honey? It's Does been that a, make sense? There, there. It's a sleepy, sleepy section of the store, or at least it was historically, and uh, there really hadn't been any innovation in the honey set for a long time, and so when we came in. Um, that was a really powerful thing for a lot of grocery buyers because they saw it was something new that they could add to that set that was going to pull people from condiments, pull people from hot sauces into that set and bring in new customers. So, um, yeah, I mean, we kind of shook things up in the honey aisle. You know, let's get, let's get, well, you did more than that. I think, uh, you, you shook them up, uh, pretty good. Um, you know, let's get to bees and I want, it's funny when I say bees, I was watching something about you talking about that you deal with a certain, I don't even know these things, like a certain uh, company that does bees, or I heard you say this uh, before, uh, that you guys deal with a certain brand or whatever. That, that I, So, I, yeah. yeah, so um, for many years, we exclusively sourced honey 
from our honey supplier from upstate New York, Styles Apiaries. And um, so, you know, the way honey is produced, bees collect nectar from the flowers of what's around them. And then they produce honey that um, carries the flavor of those flowers. So if you're like, if the hives are in an orange plantation and the bees are collecting nectar from orange blossoms, the honey is going to naturally have uh, an orange flavor to it. So the honey um, that we were using is from upstate New York, from Jefferson County. Um, and they were our exclusive honey supplier up until uh, last year. We had to expand our supply. So now we're sourcing honey from Argentina, Brazil, and Uruguay, in addition to upstate New York. And 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 the honey you're using, didn't you just recently collaborate with a certain honey company? Um I feel like I, I remember you saying something that you're working with a certain honey, like one of the biggest like honey. Um, I feel like I heard this, but 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 how would you even here goes something even bigger? How would you even know what honey to use, right? How would you even know? Like I know you worked on the product for a couple of years, and yeah. it's funny you had a playground to mess with that, meaning at Poly G's, right? But how, but how do you how how does somebody as Mike know? Like you don't know about like you know all these different things. I'm sure a lot of it was trial and error, no? Yeah, I mean, I experimented with a, a lot of different types of, of, of honey and, and different, different kinds of chili peppers and, and different techniques for, for infusing the flavor. I mean, for me, um, the New York wildflower honey that, that we were getting from upstate was, was perfect. And um, so that's what we ran with. But um, I mean, at the time when I was trying to scale up production, I had a lot of problems because, um, I quickly discovered that uh, in order to bottle honey, you need honey-specific equipment. In other words, I, I, I was going to like condiment co-packers and hot sauce co-packers, asking them if they could help me scale up my production. And those filling machines can't run honey. So I, I, I learned that I had to find somebody who was already bottling pure honey. Um, and I, I struck out with so many places. I was going around to all these honey packers and sharing them this, this product I had been making, you know, myself, I, the first five years I personally bottled everything myself, like bottled it, capped it, you know, everything, just me. So when I was scaling it up, I was going around all these honey packers and nobody would work with me because they were concerned with the risk of cross-contamination. So they're going to really? run, wow. if they're going to run Mike's Hot Honey on a pure honey line and there's some residual chili pepper in the line Can left mess, over. Mess, yeah, mess yeah. It, yeah. That's, I mean, honey is a precious. How did you get past that? Well, I struck out over and over again. I mean, I was literally like, I was going all over the place looking for, for a honey supplier that could help me. Finally, um, I got introduced to um, our current co-packer, Styles Apiaries, and, and Grant Styles, who's who's the owner of the apiary. Um, you know, he told me he was like, "Look, you know, we're a pretty small outfit, but um, we can do big volume out of our space." And and um, he was like, "You know, at first he was like, you know, I'm not not so sure about this hot honey concept." He's he's been a honey guy his whole life, you know. That's he so thought weird. it was crazy. He thought I was crazy, but he was like, "Look, if you're gonna pay me, like." You know, we'll business be crazy. is business. We'll be crazy together. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, if you pay me, you know, we'll we'll, we'll try to make it work. But so, let me ask you, was that discouraging for you? I mean... To hear those things? At that point, that was already like... I mean, that was already almost four years in at that point. So, by then, I already knew there was a demand for the product. So, I was like, if he doesn't believe me, I mean, that's on him. But, like, 
I already knew that that there was demand, so I wasn't that worried about it. But like, it was tough. I mean, grueling, like the physical labor of doing everything myself. Like I was, I was breaking down physically. You know, honey and and chili peppers are are um, well, honey one is extremely heavy. You know, and expensive my- too, right? You know, I mean, think about it, right? This is like a gourmet. When you think about a Mike's Hot Honey, right? You got to be considered. It's a, it's a gourmet, right? It's not a regular honey, right? It's 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 and very and, much and, so. And honey is already expensive, right? Um, a lot. Now, now let me ask you. Um, the retail in the stores, a lot of stores, is about what nine, ten bucks for some of these, right? Ten bucks, yeah. Um, you know how how has that been to get into a store for ten bucks? Being that it was new. Were they a little? Was was grocery stores a little bit weary about a ten buck price on it? Well, it's interesting because one of the reasons why we're merchandised in the honey aisles because the the ten dollar price point fits in that section of the store Copy. a lot better than Copy. like hot sauce. Hot sauce, yep. Copy. Even though people use us like a condiment, the price point fits better with honey, so we're often merchandised in the honey aisle. Um, so I think like. You know, people's people's perception of, of 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 value and what they're willing to pay has changed over the years. And I think people see a clean label, they see something that is relatively healthy for them compared to a lot of other products that have additives and preservatives. Um, we've got three ingredients, you know, and I think people know that they're getting a high quality product and 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 at least the younger generation I would say is is more willing to to pay a higher price for a high quality product. I agree with that. And I think, you know, as being a, a fellow foodie um, and somebody that is very open to try a lot of things, and I'm not just saying this because I have you on the show, um, I fuck with the product. Um, I mean that. Um, you know, we're going to take a quick break, but before I go to break, and I, I want you to add, a, a, you know, anything after I'm done, Mike's Hot Honey, listen, you can go to mikeshothoney.com just to check out like a lot of things, but it's probably available in your local grocery store. You just check on the shelf. There's a regular one and it's an extra hot. I like the extra hot. The regular one has been my go-to for a while. But check this out. Mike's Hot Honey. I'm going to put you on. Listen, anybody who knows, I put people on this shit, okay? It's good on pizza. Let me, let me remix. Let me break that down. It's great on pizza. It's great on fried chicken, cheese, tea. You can put it in salads, ice cream like we spoke about before, fruit, roasted veggies, seafood, yogurt, ribs, oatmeal, and cocktails. A lot of people are using them in drinks now. Internets, let me tell you something. I love these episodes. We're going to be right back. I love when somebody just believes in themselves so much that they all of a sudden they find themselves on the uh, on a grocery store across the U.S. You understand? That's the, that's the crazy thing. We're sitting here right now. Founder of Mike's Hot Honey, Mike Kurtz. Be right back. Don't go nowhere. Cheer. Hey, this is Scott Norton, co-founder of Sir Kensington's, and you're listening to The Premium Pete Show. Internet, and we're back, sitting here with the founder of Mike's Hot Honey, Mike Kurtz. Mike, listen, um, I always laugh at like certain products, like, like a hot honey can change your life. You know, I laugh at my friend Matt Halfhill, who bought NiceKicks.com for eight bucks, and it's a multi-million dollar company. He bought it in the basement uh, of his of, of his house, him and his brother, right? It's just, I love stories like that. Let me ask you, you've been doing this for a long time. Now, professionally and on shelves and like that, you know, in the company is almost 11 years. Um, you know, when do you, when would you say that you feel as, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a founder of Mike's Hot Honey, that you guys kind of 
you know, arrived, like that you were good to go, that you were in a good spot. But then keep in mind, you've been going for 10, 11 years. I'm sure there were some spots where did you think like, fuck, man, are, are we going to still be around? Like, you know, like, like, but you're still here and there's a reason why you're still here because the product is good, right? Um, but tell us about that. Yeah, so I think the the most stressful part of the journey for me was right around the time when I was trying to scale up production and I couldn't and I had like copycats coming for me and they were like right at you know right on my heels. We don't like the fugazes. <laughs> and it was stressful because I had people asking me for the product and I couldn't produce it fast enough on my own. Um, and I had some production issues. And so that, that point was, was a little scary. But then once we were able to scale up production, that was like a huge re relief for me because I got that off of my plate. I could start focusing on other things, building the brand, building distribution, sales, building relationships with people. The business is, is split. It's one third food service, which is where we started in restaurants, pizzerias, fried chicken spots like Sweet Chick. They've been, shout to Sweet Chick. They've been, you know, one of our earliest customers. Um, so we're one third food service, one third retail, one third direct to consumer. And we're diversified enough that I think we're like pretty well protected. If one part of the business has an issue, like the other two thirds are, are still rocking. So um yeah it was definitely like the the scariest point was was before we broke through and were able to scale up production you know you, you, when you do it that long you know um there has to be uh some sort of a um a gratifying feeling um you know that you've come that far right you know um i mean literally made this a business people uh, uh have grown their families uh because of your business i mean that's Pretty crazy. It's true, it is. Um, you have um been able to live your life, right? You know, um, you know, being around for eleven years. I mean, obviously, you did production beforehand. Somebody like Paulie G. When you go to market, did you know? Did did you look for like investors that knew you? Like, did you start looking to raise money, or are you just like were putting all your own money into it? No, I mean the first. First few years, I wasn't paying myself, so I was just reinvesting the profits from the business back in back into it. And um, you know, I I didn't quit my day job until a few years in. Yep. Um, but eventually, it got to the point where I could afford a salary. Um, but uh, we didn't bring on investors until year seven, mm. so we were we were totally self funded. You know, I started the business with one hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> That's crazy. Your day job, so so we we could sit here and say, I mean, uh, uh, we're not counting anybody's uh, pockets, but we could sit here and say, Mike's Hot Honey is a multi-million dollar company. Can we just say uh, you started the company again with what? One hundred fifty bucks. Okay, internets. <sighs> I love. I, I. That's what I love about life. That's when you know the goosebumps are real. Um, you know that you could turn this product. That you could really make it into a thing, right? You know, I think about it, right? Uh, another thing I love is the burgundy, right? Like right now, you're wearing internet. If you're listening, you can't see, you head on over to the YouTube and watch the video. But Mike's Hot Honey, a lot of it, especially the products, are in burgundy. Um, I love the script logo. Um, you know, I love, you got the hoodie on, the champion hoodie with Mike's Hot Honey. Um, you know, but it's burgundy. 
Can I ask you, why is it burgundy? And I want to also say, let's give a big shout out to Travis Grill of Grill of Pickles. Um, I know he's to been Travis. A, I know he's been an inspiration as well for you. He has. Um, um, you know, I got a lot of love from um, we, we had some great moments over the years. Um, and I love, uh, you know, uh, what Grillo's has done and, and still does to this day. But I will say, you remind me of him. And here's a kid who had two, uh, was selling two spears for a dollar out of a wooden pickle cart. And it's like, he, I remember the first time I met him, he had green pants and, <laughs> and green socks and green sneakers and a green jersey, a pickle jersey that said Grillo's in the back. And then, like, I meet you. You got, like, a, a, a burgundy jacket. It says Mike's Hot Honey, a, a, a hoodie, a jacket, a burgundy Nikes, a burgundy hat. I got burgundy socks. I won't show you my underwear. But. No, I don't want to see it. Um, now, let me ask you. How does – what – like – is it just your passion for your brand that made you want to? Because I'm telling you what you have done, but here's what I'm telling you what you're doing. You're separating yourself. You're new aging yourself, right? You know, I think about it. Like when Grillo's got a sneaker or Mikey Likes It got a sneaker with Ewing. I remember people telling me, how, how could this ice cream or how could this pickle have a sneaker? <laughs> because it's a brand, right? A brand today is so much bigger right? Than just a product. A brand is everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're building a company, um, that you one day want to sell, the brand is really what's of value. You know, big, big corporation could knock off a product overnight. They could flip a switch and put you into thousands of stores. What they can't do is just create a brand out of thin air. So we're always focused on building our brand, but the burgundy um, actually, it, that's my high school colors and that's my college colors. So Amherst High School, where I grew up, UMass, you know. Shouts to UMass. Shouts to UMass, Marcus Camby, Lou Rowe. Um, so, I, yeah, um, I was, yeah, I was, uh, I've always been a burgundy guy my whole life. So it was a natural thing. Actually, this is the second iteration of our packaging. So the original packaging was, was done. burgundy, it was done by my, my dear friend, John Azarico, who I went to kindergarten with, who's actually a footwear designer. Really? And he, he did the original label, which also had like an argyle pattern on it. And the, this sort of diamond pattern is, is, a, is an ode to that original label. But um, yeah, the original, the original packaging had a lot of burgundy on it. And, and so we just stuck with that. And, and that came out of our high school and, and, and college. I love stories like that. You know, from being in the food world and, and being an entrepreneur for so many years and having a successful company, if you hadn't just one word named the, 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 some of the most struggles or things that got in your way and then turn around and name the things that have been helpful to you, uh, what would you say they are? Do you remember like things or moments or times or like like was it was it was it the packaging was the toughest thing or what was the easiest things or what was some uh, um, goals that you kind of checked off that you impressed yourself? You know? Yeah, I mean, the, scaling up production was by far the most difficult part of the process for me. Um, there was no, there was no. F like template for how to make hot honey it didn't exist so we basically had to macgyver the whole the whole production line so that was very tricky um and and I, I mentioned it before but once we had that set up and running that unlocked wide-scale distribution of the product and, and lots of other opportunities um the packaging you know we spent a lot of time working on the packaging um we went through this brand refresh about 
uh, I guess it's about five years ago now, where we developed the brand guidelines for this packaging. And um, that's one of the most powerful things that we, we've done as a brand, um, you know, brand guidelines. I didn't even know what they were at the time. You know, how, how, how do you say you got there? Is it bringing on people who were well-versed in that, in that world? Like, how do you think you got to understand? Because keep in mind, and here's the problem I have. This is just, just being a creative as well. It's like, yo, there's a lot to understand and know. And you're not going to learn it all in one fucking day. Yeah. Um, and you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, and you hope you could. Like, that's the thing, too. Like, people, you don't have to know everything. You just got to hire the right people. But you also have to know to how to scale it to understand what this person is going to do. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is, how did that become, uh, uh, you know, an everyday life for you and not be frustrating? Or was it in the beginning frustrating to learn all these things that you never knew? I mean, it's an adventure. I'm always, I'm, I'm a student for life. You know, I'm always learning. I always like to, I like to read. I like to listen to podcasts, learn from other people's experiences. So I'm, I'm, I'm never going to stop learning. So like, I've enjoyed the journey of just learning new things along the way. Um, I learned a lot from my, my business partner, Matt Beaton, who shouts to um, Matt Beaton, sh shouts to Matt, um, meets that's, that's his name. He actually drove a, a meet. He, he was a door to door steak salesman. Wow. Um, when I met him. So, um, so actually that's, that's another thing we were, we knew each other from freshman year of college. We lost touch. Um, we reconnected like 15 years later and, uh, he and his wife came down to New York and I took him to Pauly G's and he found out what I was doing. And at the time he was looking to get out of his day job and into into like a startup so he found out what i was doing and um i gave him and his wife a ride home back to their hotel in manhattan that night and uh i got a block in the box ticket mm. oh uh, okay a ticket I, on yeah, block in the box yeah, yeah i was coming off the queensboro bridge you know there was traffic in front of me i got stuck in the middle of the intersection i got a ticket it's a rare thing but it happens in new york so i think they felt bad and uh a couple days later a uh, a box from Nooski's showed up in my my front front door. That's that's like Omaha Steaks. Mm -hmm. They're from Wisconsin, and um, so I got a bunch of meats and s smoked sausages and bacon and stuff from Nooski's. Matt had sent it to me as like a thank you and sorry you got a ticket on the way back to the hotel. And oh by the way, are you looking for a business partner? So, um, we we worked out a deal. I mean, it took. It took a year of kind of figuring out and, um, you know, eventually we got him in he joined the business and he actually went to business school at Northwestern. So he brought a lot to the table that I didn't have. Sure. Um, and I learned a lot from him along the way. You know, you need somebody like that to be able to scale a business. You know, as we continue to uh, go down the journey of Mike's Hot Honey, and, and it's it's crazy how it's it still has so much life to live. It's been became a, a a staple in people's household and again for those who don't know about mike's hot honey listen to me i don't sit here and just lie to anybody people know when i fucking say something if you haven't tried it out check it out trust me it's official it's something i fuck with so that's why you know that's why i wanted you to have on because i love these stories you know um especially somebody like me who you know is working on getting gross and getting to grocery stores but also has helped people do that right and work on different with, with different food brands um you know when people think about grocery stores and now you have direct to consumer 
Um, it's still always cool to sell things online, but you want to be on shelves. That world is a very scary world. Um, it's overwhelming. Um, it's confusing at times. Um, after almost 11 years in that world, I mean more, but meaning, you know, being on shelves and stuff like that, how would you describe the grocery store for an entrepreneur that makes food products, you know? Because well, it's, it's something we all want, but it's also it's also a tough task, right? And it's not something that anybody could do. You know, it's it's, it's not the easiest thing. This is just my opinion, you know? I don't yeah. Yeah, it's um once you get into like big box stores and big grocery stores, it's very complicated because uh if you're if you want to be successful, you can't just throw a product up on the shelf and that's it. Like it's it doesn't sell itself. You have to have a sophisticated marketing plan and the stores expect that so they're not going to bring you in unless you're committing to go on promo a certain number of times a year to commit to certain marketing plans that you work in conjunction with the stores and like i think a lot of people have this idea that they just they're just going to make the product and it's going to sell itself and that's even if you have a great product it just doesn't work that way i mean in our case we were able to get some people involved who had a lot of experience in the retail business um, who really helped us develop some of those more sophisticated retail marketing plans. Um, and that goes a long way. And I think, I think you know, a big part of it is just getting the right people around you. Gems mm, mm. um, right there. Gems right there. You know, um, you're knowing, what, knowing what you can't do yourself, recognizing what you can't do yourself and, and, and being humble enough to bring in the, the, the people who can help you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's important. You're, so, so I keep on saying the numbers like 11 years in, but have you celebrated any wins? Like, for instance, when you got into like Target or not Target, like Whole Foods, like, you know, like did they, did they start off giving you a couple of regions and then they give you every single uh, door or? I started with one store. Damn, one store. <laughs> yeah, I started with the Whole Foods in Gowanus on 3rd and 3rd in Brooklyn. Okay. That was my one store. I would go in there and, and demo the honey, yep. like stand at the end cap and just do do samples. Which, which they don't even do anymore. Right. Because um, of COVID. I mean, Whole Foods has changed a lot since they were acquired by, by oh, Amazon. Amazon. But, um, you know, at the time you could go in. Once you were approved in the Whole Foods system, you could go to any store in the region and you could you could pitch the product, and if the grocery buyer wanted it, like they you know they might give you a chance. So I went store by store um, to all the stores in in New York City, and I'd ask for the the honey buyer. You know who's the grocery buyer? Who's the honey buyer? Here's my product. I got a case right now. I'm in the system. I'll pack it out on the shelf for you right now. Um, if you just give me one bottle wide on the shelf, we'll we'll make this happen right here. And and that's how I got it into all the stores in, in New York. And then once those stores, you know, I started doing demos. Like I would just demo around all the stores. And then once I got a little momentum in those stores, we got a regional buy-in for all the stores in, in the Northeast region. And then once we were cranking in the Northeast region and the buyers saw that we had success just in that region, then that opened the door to other regions. And we started expanding to North Atlantic, Mid-Atlantic, Midwest, and, then and, every, and, and, and then so every, on and so forth. Yeah, and then every single store. 
Right. You know, as far as like, you know, ho- like you, like for, exactly for people listening who may not even understand that world, you know, you started from the bottom, literally like one store. It's a and grind. Then, yeah. And then, and then when you get in a region, sometimes a region could be 30 stores, right? You right. know, like, and then, so some people are in six regions and then some people, what do they call that when you're in every one? It's like you're in global, uh, global. Um, so, you know, that's crazy. But what I'm saying is, did you ce- celebrate like like the night you got into say all Whole Foods or did you, have you ever celebrated over the years? Because some people are like kind of like I'm going to celebrate when I you know at the end or when I <laughs> sell it or this. But to be honest with you, that you may be dead by then. I don't mean you. I'm speaking in general. It's like yeah. it's okay to uh, uh, appreciate some of the wins. That doesn't mean we stop working. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You know, have you been able to do that? Oh yeah, no, we definitely celebrate the wins. Um, and you know, it's funny, like what's, what's, what we consider when has changed over the years as you grow. But like, I remember when I got my, when I shipped my first pallet off, like I personally wrapped the pallet myself. I was on the loading dock when, when the 18 wheeler came in to pick it up and I pushed it onto the truck myself. And that was like, I remember after that, like I went out for beers with my friends and that was like, that felt like a huge thing to me. And sure. now it's like, we're just cranking out pallets all the time. It's not even like, yeah. Yeah. So the context changes, but, um, but yeah, it's important. It's definitely, that's a great point. It's really important to celebrate all the victories and, and, and just like enjoy the, enjoy the ride. I'm not saying you know? stop. I think sometimes people think when they celebrate, they have to stop. I'm not saying stop. I'm saying this, tell me something, if you don't mind, like that you bought over the years. Uh, from Mike's Hot Honey. Like, what did you buy? Did you buy like a, say you, you may be into RVs or maybe you're into a, a boat or maybe, I don't know. Is this something you could tell me? I'm going to tell you why I'm asking you this. I mean, I've been able to travel. I mean, for, How about for this? Me. You traveled the world because of Mike's Hot Honey, right? But what I'm saying, think about this. From fucking honey. Honey. Yeah. With a little bit of peppers in them. Don't worry which pepper it is. Mind your business. It's that good. Don't worry okay? about it. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm saying that that that, that I that, that, to me that's fucking amazing. Like this, that that I say this to anybody that I deal with. I said this to Grillos. I said this to uh, Scott Norton and Sir Kensington's. I've said this to so many people. This fucking drip of honey with chili has t- taken you around the world. And I'm gonna say it again. There's employees right now uh, uh, putting their kids through school because of this. I don't know, whatever. I, I mean, I'm sitting here with you. I mean, I, I appreciate and, that, but yeah. And you just interviewed Jay Period. Yeah, yeah. You know, to me, to walk in here and, and follow up a guy like Jay Period, it's like, I got to pinch myself. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, well I'll be honest with you. As a creative, these are the, what happens is when you do it, this is what happens, right? You never know, but as you, you just got to do it. I think like sometimes people, uh, we're, we're our own worst enemies. Um, you, you know, you could you could talk yourself out of making the honey, right? You know, um, where, where do we foresee? Listen, Mike's Hot Honey, nationwide, global brand. It's all around. Okay, I want you to pick it up at your grocery store. The extra hot, extra hot is hitting grocery shelves this spring and summer. So you'll see it next to the original bottle in the honey aisle. So extra hot. First of all, the Mike's Hot Honey is forever classic. The extra hot takes it up a notch. If you like that. Uh, me, uh, me personally, man. I mean, I put this thing on chicken. I put this thing. I, I put it in a rice bowl. You know what I mean? Uh, the other, I swear to God, the other day I put it in a rice bowl. I had like chicken and rice, and I just threw a couple of drops of honey in there. Um, more importantly, I just love telling the story because I want to inspire people. You know, I always tell people, Premium Pete Show is not only about Premium Pete, right? It's about the people, right? And inspiring 
the the world that right that you could do something like this too and i think that's to me that that is what's inspiring to me um you know you have somebody right now home you know listening to this episode um wants to start his own business wants to take a leap of faith what would be some advice you would give uh somebody that you know wants to be a creative and and really uh you know create something I would say instead of tinkering at home and and sort of theorizing about about your your business plan um put it into action jump into it and learn during the process because I think you're going to learn a lot faster once you're actually out there producing something selling it getting it into the public's hands having getting feedback from people like a lot of people will tinker and tinker and tinker with the business plan and then they put it out and maybe it works maybe it doesn't but if you just jump in you have it's important to have a business plan but you jump in and then you kind of modify it as you go along i think that's the way to do it um just there's like this fear that people have you just push right through that thin thin pane of fear go right through it just jump right in i mean that's true i mean listen some people put their foot in the water they want to see if it's cold or it's hot you know, I hear you, but if you jump right in, you'll be surprised what's waiting on the, the other side. The other thing is there's there's real power and commitment. So like in my case, until I committed to doing it, um, you know, I didn't have like people around me like who were there to, to support me. But once people saw that I was committed, once my friends and family saw that, oh shit, he's he's really going for this, they rallied behind me. So like I think that's an important thing. Like if 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 you show the people around you that you're committed to something, they're gonna get behind it. That's a very powerful thing to 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 show an example of commitment. Sure, lead by leadership. Um, listen, Mike, man. Um, as we wind this episode down, it's been it's been special to have you on and really just go over the journey. Um, you know, I look forward to people listening to this to not only get inspired but also go out and check out. You know, I know that they could create something too. At least take a crack at it, right? Um, you know, now I know Extra Hot is coming to uh, grocery stores in the summer. I mean, I don't know. Is there is there anything other products that 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 you will be working on, or or that we could talk about, or? Yeah, I mean, we we have a so these are not official Mike's Hot Honey products, but we have some exciting collaborations we've got uh a beer coming out this summer with six point brewery uh brooklyn based brewery in red hook um it's the ultimate beer it's called the slice sipper Mm. the ultimate ultimate beer for um drinking with a a slice of pizza so that'll be coming out this summer um we also have the mike's hot honey fried chicken stand in madison square garden which you know the knicks are on a winning streak that's right uh, right now it's it's the longest winning streak Knicks tape, yeah, as long as shout to the Knicks. I mean, they've been doing their thing, and um, nobody expected that. And uh, so you got a little stand there. I didn't even know that. Yeah, we have we have Mike's Hot Honey Fried Chicken Section One Fifteen in in the garden, and um, it's been closed during the pandemic. But I I can't wait to get back there. And um, we serve Mike's Hot Honey Fried Chicken sandwiches. I gotta go there. We gotta go wings, to a game and, and eat that. Yeah, yeah. John so awesome. Starks rode the Mike strike. Really? Yes. 
It was a dream come true for me. You know, you remind me a lot about, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of food entrepreneurs remind me a lot of each other, even like Mikey with the ice cream where he had the, he has the push cart and it reminds me of the old school and you with the tricycle, uh, uh, um, you know, hot honey bike. And, and you guys have really built a brand that is powerful. I want to sit here and say, I'm not only am, am, am I inspired to tell you a story, but I'm personally inspired um, the fact I could say this, that we could turn a multi-million dollar company, change your life and other people's life um, by having a passion for something. I mean, you could have gave up on this, honey, a long fucking time ago. Um, you know, I'm sure you could have been you were out in college in Brazil. I'm sure you could you could have been a fucking brain surgeon. Who the fuck knows? I mean, you're not a fucking dumb kid. You know, um, this is the future. Being creative. That's what I love, right? Mike's Hot Honey represents that entrepreneur that wants to take a shot. Um, and, 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 and to think about it, like we could go into a grocery store right now in fucking Florida or Seattle and find your product. My friend, that is powerful. It's, it's beyond my wildest dreams. I mean, I could never imagine that, that this would come um, so far. Uh, you know, it's really a, just a tribute to like all the people I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to work with who are around me or part of my team. I got, I got a great, great team that, sure. that, that I work with. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the people that really ha have, have made, made the, made the product what it is and, you know, what's in the bottle, you know, it's something that I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what we put out, you know, I'm, I'm. I'm proud of being basically a single product company. We did 10 years before we came out with another flavor. You know, we kept it very focused and and tried to stay dialed in on 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 just um reaching more people, putting out different pack sizes. You know, we've got dip cups for yep, yep. for restaurants, um, a lot of to-go business. We got mini little jars. jars. Yep, little jars. We got packets, we've got gallon jugs for restaurants. So we pack the same thing in a wide range of pack sizes for for different usage occasions, and that's kind of the the playbook for us. I mean, listen, it's a real deal company here. Mike's Hot Honey. We're not playing around. One thing I like that you said was that the honey aisle is a kind of sleepy aisle. So um, I, I didn't curse as much in here, so I have to throw at least one curse. And Mike's Hot Honey came up and woke that fucking aisle up and said, <laughs> "Get up!" Threw, threw some water on it and says, "Get to school, okay? Get to school." Get to school. But anyway, listen, Mike, again, thanks for uh, uh, being on the show. Thanks for telling your story, your journey. We'll check in with you uh, uh, probably uh, in, in a year from now and see uh, the return of uh, Mike's Hot Honey, how they're doing. Um, I wish you the best. I want to tell the internet, go out. This is not a soliciting thing. If you fuck with food, okay, and you care about any of this and you made it this far in the episode, then go out and grab Mike's Hot Honey. If you already fuck with it, then you already know. I don't need to tell you. Um, but I'm telling you right now, this is not something that I do in the sense of where I tell people some bullshit. I personally mess with it. And I love the story. Um, it's inspiring to me, and I know it's going to inspire the world. So, Internet, Mike's Hot Honey, the one and only Mike Kurtz. Thanks for, thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me, yep. Pete. Man, oh, man. Another, uh, another inspiring episode. Like I said before, I love the food episodes. Go check out the Travis Grillo, Grillo Pickles founder. Go check out uh, Scott Norton. Uh, so many, so many different. I, I love when people create things and really shock the world with them. And that's what Mike's Hot Honey has done. If you never tried it, go try it. Now, Internet, you want to advertise on a premium Pete show? Small brand, big brand, whatever. Email me, thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. 
You want to learn about anything. You've got questions for me. You want to hear about producing. You want to advertise on this show or other shows. Again, email me, thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Premium Pete. Listen to us on YouTube. Subscribe, rate, tell a friend to tell a friend. And wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever, subscribe, rate, and tell a friend to tell a friend over there. Internets, peace and blessings to you and yours. Never, ever stop believing in you. If you're going through some struggles, understand, just because you're struggling, it doesn't mean you're failing. Full steam ahead. And if you need anything, give me a shout. Peace and blessings. See you next episode. Cheers.